Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. It's been another very, very busy week. And actually, for our clients, it feels like if if spring was slightly languid and, and struggling for direction in currency markets, the summer is at least beginning to show signs that thematics are starting to come through. And particularly this week it's, and last week, it's been very busy on the central bank front. Uh, things are certainly looking up, I think, for particularly for our importing clients. It feels like data is starting to improve and certainly point to sentiment and confidence improving. Yet to actually come through to sterling too much, though, uh, and I think largely because of what's happened with the FOMC last week in the States and then the major event this week, which was the Bank of England. I think initial reaction in our clients has been of, of somewhat disappointment. It was a, a very neutral statement from the Bank of England, largely in line with expectations. I think the interesting dynamic now is that after sterling has pulled back circa a cent post that announcement, it may start to show actually that there is some early divergence forming in the market view uh, with the US Federal Reserve and what they will do with their interest rates and and quantitative easing program versus what the Bank of England may do. Um, but nonetheless, sterling's holding up pretty well. It, it does feel in terms of what does this all mean for our clients and sentiment and activity? Well, to be honest, I think clients are still remaining uh, relatively cautious in how long they're hedging for. Uh, volatility is still at multi-month lows. And it feels like as we come into the summer months, clients will probably ensure that 2021 is certainly covered. We're seeing a lot of activity in 2022, uh, but I think we more likely we'll see the next wave of that for hedging that year um, later in the year, both for the for the reason of summer holidays, as actually it looks like we all may be allowed to, to go away. Uh, and certainly, I think come September, with the next round of key interest rate announcements from both sides of the Atlantic, we should have much more of a a clearer view on the direction of travel of sterling, dollar and the euro coming into next year. So uh, delighted to introduce Sandra from our economics team. Um, I, over to you, Sandra, to give us a much more detailed update of, of what you guys are seeing. Um, and, and over to you. Sure. Thank you very much. You picked up on the central bank announcements, and I think there were two really interesting sets of announcements um, we had to listen to. So first of all, um, on the UK front, um, we were a little bit surprised at the market reaction, actually. Um, in a way, markets seem to have priced in that it wasn't just Andy Haldane, but that there would be other policymakers too who would uh, take a more hawkish view of the inflation developments that we've been seeing and the pickup. Of course, that didn't happen in the event, but um, there is a fairly large but if you read the detailed minutes. Um, the overall message was that there was an upgrade in terms of expectations um, for growth, um, certainly for the second quarter, not quite clear um, whether this carries through longer term or not. Um, there was inflation that was described as material upside news in the latest numbers. And in fact, the peak inflation rate is now seen at above 3% uh, rather than 2.5% previously. So that is a pretty big change um, on that. And on the labour market too, the Bank of England noted that it thought underlying wage growth is now um, close to pre-pandemic levels. And that's quite remarkable considering that there are still people on furlough, um, etc. So there's still some weakness out there. But Overall, we think the message was edging towards a more hawkish assessment uh, than we've had so far, despite the fact that um, 
we didn't get others joining Haldane for scaling back the QE target for the time being. Of course, Haldane himself will leave the Bank of England imminently. We don't know as yet who his replacement will be, and we don't know whether there is somebody who's uh, willing to take up his hawkish mantle or not. And that sort of shift um, of the composition of the FMC um, could play a role in how the next policy decisions shape up. Um, so the August MPC meeting, um, when there'll be new projections as well, which will be on the 5th of August, will really be a, a crucial one to watch. Other news, um, of course, on the UK front continued to be positive. We had more signs of a labour market recovery proceeding um, quickly. Yes, retail sales did unexpectedly slip back in May, but if we take April and May together, that's still a very large 7%, in fact, 7.7% uh, overall increase relative to March. So that's a really strong quarter um, that's coming up there. And indeed, there seems to have been rotation um, away from spending at food stores and um, instead um, going out to bars and restaurants now that this is allowed again. So it's all looking pretty um, solid for the UK economy, with the one caveat, of course, uh, being still the Delta variant. Um, we think the actual delay in terms of reopening of this final last step um, of four weeks or so doesn't make an awful lot of difference to overall growth. Perhaps it will reduce growth rates by um, 0.1 percentage points or so for this year and next year. Of course, for individual companies, that can be a very um, different story. Um, but at the aggregate macro picture, it probably doesn't make a very big difference. If we um, turn to next week, a couple of things to look out for, in particular excess savings, um, which is one of the things that's presenting clear upside risks if these get spent. We'll get some more numbers on those um, on Tuesday, so that's one for the market to keep an eye on. Um, on the US side, you mentioned um, the Fed, and there I think it's clear that there's a more general traveling towards a more hawkish view. Um, we had a shift amongst the medium view of FMC members that a first hike might be appropriate already in 2023. And we had uh, a minority of seven FMC members already seeing a hike in 2022. So the big um, divergence in perspectives and the big question is how do you weigh, on the one hand, signs of higher inflation pressures right now, um, and on the other signs that the labour market hasn't fully recovered as yet. And there's clear discussions um, between the different FOMC members on the subject, on how that's playing out. Um, the big uh, context of this is that the FOMC is still pursuing this makeup strategy of trying to um, counteract um, periods of inflation undershooting with an overshooting period to make up for inflation having been too low. How much tolerate can they be of higher inflation? How long can they run inflation hot for? That's a crucial debate that's currently ongoing. So again, Fed will be interesting to watch. We still think the most likely timing is tapering will start from December and that the first hike could come in 2023, um, but only towards the end of this year. Of course, much depends on how the data develops between now and then. Thank you very much, Sandra. Great update. Uh, delighted to introduce Chris from our, our trading team. And, and I, I guess, Chris, question to you would be, particularly on the back of Sandra's update there and, and what an optimistic picture the data, probably unsurprisingly, is starting to tell us. You know, for, for Sterling, do we think that it's going to ride that the wave of that? Or do you think that actually this week slightly 
or the interpretation of this week's Bank of England is going to drag sterling lower? Well, I think what we saw leading up to the Bank of England was there was quite a few speculative long positions in the market. And that um, sell-off that we saw just after the announcement was these long positions getting squeezed when they were somewhat disappointed. We did see some stop loss trigger through 139, but they've all been cleared out now. So it's kind of like a, a probably neutral kind of area at the moment. I guess going forward next week, we've got quite a lot of Bank of England speakers um, ahead of us. So the market is going to have a real focus on what they say. I think um, more clues of what they're thinking is and if they want to convey a slightly different message after the event, you'll probably hear it one of these speakers. Um, yeah, it's quite a tricky one because obviously you, I think the expectations were after the FOMC, um, would the Bank of England be sort of like a similar sort of uh, situation? And it turns out it wasn't. It's very much a wait and see scenario. But it's clear central bank data and speakers are going to be the real focus, um, especially for the coming weeks. I think one thing that was interesting that we saw was Hungary uh, hiked rates this week. And they were, uh, that was the first time in like over a decade, I think, they've hiked rates. So there are some central banks that are taking the inflation outlook one way, as in, you know, they need to act now. Um, whereas others are looking at a more transitory sort of approach. So there seems to be a mix on how different central banks are looking at this, these things. So I think every word that you hear from a uh, central banker over the next month or so are going to be really in focus. And that's where you're going to see the most volatility um, um, and on of the inflation data and things like that. Brilliant, Chris. Thank you so much. Thank you again, Sandra. Thanks, Chris, for your input. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening, everyone, and we'll look forward to speaking to you all soon.